Welcome to Dissecting This Fiction, a podcast where we discuss the latest in movies, TV, and games. Because we're always DTF, and you should be too. I'm your host, Steven. And I'm your co-host, Jessica. And yes, you heard it correctly. Kanye West plans to run for the presidency. After all, it is a new month in 2020. Yeah. I mean, can we get the murder hornets back, please? (laughs) For all we know, they haven't left, and this was their plan. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe you're right. This has to be a joke, right? I, I really want it to be a joke. I mean, is it even possible for him to run? At this point, is is it isn't it too late? I think it's it, too late to apologize. He's um, he's missed the deadline in a, several states, but I mean, I don't know. I think theoretically he could still somehow make it a thing, but I I don't know. I I really hope that it's not possible. <laughs> well, let's put it like this. Uh huh. He couldn't even keep up with the Kardashians. How's he How's he plan to? To revive a divided country. Yeah. I. Who knows, really? I could just see it now. A drunk Kanye West stumbling up on the stage at the presidential debate and interrupts with, Yo, Biden, I'm going to let you finish. But I had one of the best campaigns of all time. Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely see that happening. <laughs> Shout out to Taylor Swift. Yeah. And Beyonce, I guess. I guess, yeah. <laughs> Well, God, you know, just... I mean, it's it's the start of a new month, so oh, something God. had to happen. You I know? just, I, I can't wait to see what happens in August. <laughs> but yet, here we are, yeah. saying that every month. <laughs> I know. And then we get something, mm-hmm. and we go, well, fuck. Well, fuck, yep. Well, fuck indeed. It's like uh, <laughs> the monkey palm, you know? Careful what you wish for. Yeah. That's true. Well, we're only halfway through the year, so I'm sure there'll be plenty of news on that topic. For a later date. I just, I just can't. (laughs) I don't want any more news on that. (laughs) They can keep it. Well, we're going to get it. Okay. One way or the other. Strap in. Okay. As opposed to strap on. Yeah, strap in. (laughs) Supposed to strap on. For now. For now, yeah. Who knows where 2020 brings us. But, speaking of strap-ons, want to get into some of our DTF quickies? (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Could you have a quickie with a strap on? Like, I feel like there's a lot of effort involved in putting one of those on. I haven't, I don't know from personal experience. Maybe but they I, should add to the Olympics, like timed, timed strap on quickies. Strap on, strapping on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like the Chase Bank commercials. Yeah. Strap on, strapping on. <laughs> yeah. So what you got? Well, it's not what I have. Oh. It's what Walmart has. Is and it? that's parking lots. That's true. They do have a lot lot of those. And what they plan to do with these parking lots is partner up with Tribeca, which I've never heard of. Tribeca Film Festival? Okay. Someone's heard of them. Okay. (laughs) So they're partnering up to do a drive-in theater experience at some of their locations nationwide. Okay. That's pretty cool. Uh, So I think Tribeca has already done... Some drive-in things just in a smaller scale. But now they are going to be transforming 160 of the Walmart store parking lots into contact-free drive-in movie theaters. These screenings will run from August through October. 
with Trebekah programming the films, which I guess... Makes sense. Why wouldn't they? Yeah. I feel like... I don't want to rely on a Walmart employee to decide (laughs) what I should watch at the drive-in theater. I mean, yeah. (laughs) I feel like the... It's... No, I'm not going to go there. (laughs) Can you just imagine? Because they allow RVs, right? Can you just imagine people come... Set up like a whole camping zone yeah. with their RVs in front of the screen. Yeah. Blocking everybody blocking everyone, out. Put their umbrellas up and shit. Yeah. I'm just waiting for this to happen. Uh, now, here's the weird thing, which I don't know how they pulled this off. Mm-hmm. So they are going to feature appearances from stars, which I assume will be associated with the films that they are putting out. Which then tells me, are they newer films then? They must be. To try and promote the films? Or is it yeah. going to be like they got a washed out actor to show up for 50 bucks on a 30-year-old movie? Um, I think Tribeca Film Festival is like indie movies. That's what I would think. Yeah. To be fair, though, even even like movies that end up with really like critical acclaimed movies are... and They will go through Tribeca. So, I don't know. But my first cynical thought was... Are they doing a play on words? Like, is it going to be, like, like they're just hoping you think that they mean stars as in, like, movie stars, but it's just, like, the stars in the sky because it's going to be dark? Oh, well played. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. That could have been them trying to be playful with the words. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like nobody would be like, yeah, that's reasonable if that's what they meant. So, I don't know. I just thought it was kind of funny. Yeah. That's where my cynical self went immediately somebody somebody complains to the manager Mm -hmm. because the stars are too bright out yeah and it's interrupting their film yeah we said that we were gonna have appearances from stars so you can't really (laughs) yeah that's valid that's valid (laughs) well what about the moon and they will also be having concessions delivered to customers vehicles Uh, so the moviegoers can order driving essentials for curbside pickup prior to the start of the movie Okay, so you could do, like, Walmart order pickup. Basically. And then get, like, candy and yeah. whatever. Now, here's the thing. Couldn't you just do your grocery order? Yeah. And then just see a movie? I mean, I assume there's going to be some kind of, like, check-in, like they do with the um, the grocery pickup mm-hmm. area. They have, I mean, it might be more difficult to do, but they have, like, numbers. Uh, the spots are numbered. Gotcha. And so they're like, check in when you get here and you have to park in this number or like, it'll tell you. Well, but I imagine it's implied if you're there during the thing, it's because you're seeing the movie, right? Yeah. I assume they're going to the, have it. They'll probably have restrictions that you can only do like, these items on this list are the only things you can order. Probably. For this event, specifically. Yeah, probably, yeah. Which then tells me, does that mean they will not have regular store hour situations happening for pickups in general? Because... At that time, because they don't want cars coming in and out while they're doing their parking lot event. Well, they're probably just going to have a separate area. Like, the whole thing would have to be shut down, right? I think they're just, at at least with the the one closest to us, I can see them doing, like, the back half of the parking lot will be for the drive-in and then the front half. But, like, anybody could just drive through and watch the movie, so (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, they're going to put up, like, tarps around. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how that's Around the parking lot. Yeah. Um, you didn't pay. Yeah. I don't know. It's a very interesting concept. But they could do a lot of clever events, too, where they could promote their whole business by, you know, spend X amount on 
the curbside and you don't even have to pay Get for your ticket or, or your yeah. kids are free or yeah. or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, interesting. It's, it's actually a really cool idea. Yeah. Uh, especially in a time where people are really craving that theater experience. Yeah. Plus, drive-ins have kind of been dying for a while, so it's it'll be nice to see that revitalized, uh, you know, yeah. in our culture. Yeah. It used to be a big part of it, you know? I know. I love drive-ins. I think they're hella fun. We had one when I in slow where i went to college so we went there every now and then and it was a good time yeah yeah my parents would bring us to to a drive-in when we were younger every once in a while and that's where i saw time cop (laughs) (laughs) yep you know uh and we did the one locally here they did the blow up screen screen, we did jaws and jurassic park back to back that was a good time pulled up a truck it was really cool had a, a mattress in the bed and yeah Good times. And we got to, we had the animals with us. Yeah. Not all of them, but the dogs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we had no coronavirus to. Mm-hmm. True. To interrupt our, you know, living. Right, right. So that was pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. The good old days. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you down in front. <laughs> yeah, you, Rona. <laughs> I'm trying to breathe here. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I think that this could really work out, and I, I would not be shocked if you see other businesses starting to follow this trend mm-hmm. to compete and Target, for example. Oh, and yeah. First one to think of would be Target, right? That's true. That's a good point. Watch. You start getting, like, retail beef where yeah. Amazon starts getting onto uh, the business side of, of these and, and, and doing their deliveries Two cars in the retail parking lot. Parking lot, yeah. (laughs) And it just starts like a whole gang, like retail territory issue. I like the term retail beef. (laughs) Yeah, retail beef. (laughs) Okay. Have you heard that that ridiculous like joke? If two vegans uh, get in a confrontation, is it considered beef? (laughs) I have not heard that. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Only if it's in a Walmart parking lot. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> um. <laughs> but food for thought. Yes, indeed. Uh, so another kind of throwback concept, which isn't really throwback, but we were more worried about it back in the day. Nuclear war. <laughs> that was a January thing, okay? <laughs> Um, We're five months past that. We've evolved. We've moved on. Yeah. Um, So anybody who's familiar with the video game franchise Fallout might be pretty excited to hear this news. Um, They're getting a TV series based on the Fallout game series at Amazon. And the creators of Westworld are going to be working on it. That's Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy. Among a lot of other names they'll be working with Bethesda Game Studios and Bethesda Bethesda Softworks and Lionsgate is also executive producing. Um, and the concept for anybody who's not familiar with the game is um, each game is basically a different time period, but essentially uh, nuclear fallout happens. People have to go into a fallout shelter vault situation to survive, and then they emerge afterwards and have to deal with that. So, I mean, right now, I feel like post-apocalyptic situational movies and TV shows are really in because we're probably like the world is ending. Mm-hmm. And so 
It's really more educational. It's educational. It's like for when it does. Yeah, exactly. It's just prep work for the future. Um, So I think it's going to be interesting. The concept of these games is really, really cool. And they have like the snarky, like dark but funny humor situation in some of it. So I think that'll be, I think that'll probably be very well LOL, he just shit himself to death. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Something like that. (laughs) Um, So that should be fun. Yeah, it looks like the creators of Westworld really took it literal with the sense of a Western RPG. Yeah, it does seem that way. They got they got really attracted to the idea of a Fallout game. Yeah, well, I'm interested to see where that goes. Um, something else that's actually really popular in popular culture these days is space related franchises. I've noticed, um, and so we have yet another Star Trek series coming out. We spoke about this previously, but there's an update on Star Trek Lower Decks, the animated animated series. It's going to have ten episodes. In season one, and it's going to start August 6th. They'll be airing weekly on CBS All Access. Yeah, they're really branching into the category of elder adult animation. Yeah, elder adult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, this one seems like it's going to be pretty funny. It's set on one of Starfleet's least important ships, the USS Cerritos. And set I mean, in- that's debatable. Yeah, that's just what they call That's what they say. We don't know. <laughs> and it's set in 2380. When I first read this, for some reason I was thinking it said churro. Yeah. And then I was like, damn, I want a churro now. <laughs> Thanks for that. Now I want a churro. Yeah, see? <laughs> you fucked us all over, Star Trek. God damn it. Um, And this, for anybody who doesn't remember when we talked about it last time, it was developed by Mike McMahon of Rick and Morty. Um, and okay. Like, Where are all these people coming from? How many people made Rick and Morty? Two. Right? The, but he's a third person now. No. Is he? Yeah. A third fighter has entered the match. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So I guess to clarify, Mike McMahon was a writer and producer on Rick and Morty. And he's also the co-creator of Solar Opposites. But he was not the creator of Rick and Morty. So I think that's where it's getting confusing. Because Justin so, Roiland and... So they're trying to manipulate the article that we got our information from. Yeah. By saying Rick and Morty versus what he's actually the creator of. Right. Because he he was responsible for the writing, writing and producing. So he is... Yeah. Someone's responsible for changing the toilet paper in the bathrooms okay. of the studio. Why are they not fucking getting their own show now? Because they didn't write it. I think it's fair because they're in in their mind, Rick and Morty is more popular than Solar Opposites. So, which it is. Only out of time. Yeah. Anyway. In a couple seasons, you would probably be able to say they're the same level of quality. Yeah. Uh, okay, so McMahon's pitch was, and I think this is hilarious... I want to do a show about the guy who brings the yellow cartridge to the back of the replicator so that a banana comes out the front. Like, behind the scenes, just, like, just a background character that nobody but pays attention to. And that's what this show is going to be about, is the people that are, like... Like the janitor who changes the toilet paper? Yes. Looks like I had already written a show before you even seems, said the news. Seems like it. <laughs> So, um, maybe, I don't know, maybe we'll see what happens. Obviously, our CBS All Access trial expires way before then, but maybe we'll wait till it's all aired and then do another trial. 
<laughs> You're goddamn right. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe all of their viewers will have passed away by then. Okay. And they will <laughs> be begging people to watch their content mm-hmm. and just give it out for free. Maybe. If we're lucky. <laughs> I mean, we know the others weren't. Yeah. Uh, well... Fans of two other big space franchises, Alien and Predator, can prepare for some more material from those universes, although it's not in movie form. In case anyone's interested, Marvel Comics acquired the rights to Alien and Predator. They um, were previously published by Dark Horse Comics since 88 and 89, but they just acquired them. Marvel plans to start publishing comics on those uh, in those universes, so that's pretty cool. They had... Um, Batman artist David Finch released two teaser images to announce the acquisition, and one of them is like a big uh, xenomorph, and one of them is Predator holding Iron Man's head. So that's pretty morbid. But um, was the xenomorph uh, doing the iconic second mouth through the skull to Iron Man's helmet? No, because <laughs> that would have been good. It would have, yeah. Fucking idiots. <laughs> um, but just to just to be clear, the Iron Man's head thing was just a fun detail, and it was not meant to imply a crossover yet. Um, they did specify that Marvel's new comics will expand on the characters and settings of the existing movies' universes, rather than they're not going to immediately explore crossing over with Avengers. But we obviously can't rule that out, because it's Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> now, this kind of brings up a lot of things for me. A lot of questions. Okay. The problem is I don't think we have answers. We'll have to do a lot of research, I think. Okay. So did... Do they not already, did they not already own these properties then? Is this kind of like the issue with Spider-Man and Sony owning the movie rights, but Marvel owned the everything else rights? I think it's like that. As far as I could tell from this article, um, it was, they didn't, Dark Horse Comics didn't own, they don't own the properties, but they had the publishing rights. Okay. Cause yeah. Cause yeah. Fox owned, as far as I'm aware, Alien and Predator as franchises. I think that's correct. And then Disney got them in the acquisition acquisition. of Fox. Right. So technically Disney owns them. Right. They own Marvel. Yes. So my thought was, I don't understand. Don't they already have these properties? Right. But the publishing rights, it's kind of like with, um, what was it? Where a lot of um, Marvel properties were still on Netflix before the launch of Disney Plus, mm. and so they, they st- had to let the contract end, it, and then they got them back. I think that's what happened here. Or do you think that Disney is making a push to get full ownership of these properties so that they can start moving chess pieces to do something with them again? I mean, it's possible. Obviously, not under the Disney banner. It right. would probably be under their, I guess, Hulu if they go mm-hmm. plan to do any kind of show or movie content mm-hmm. streaming wise i guess yeah i don't know it's interesting um i know this is maybe maybe people are curious about it because a similar situation happened with the star wars comics back in i think 2016 or whenever disney mm-hmm. acquired that um they acquired the rights for comics as well they're just kind of like consolidating everything i guess it just well because yeah because i don't know the details of that, but I'm going to assume Lucasfilm owned the property rights for, for the comics as well at the time. I, I assume that as well. I didn't do that deep of research on that one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, obviously, this is about the comics. I just I'm curious. I'm just trying to look at the bigger picture. If Disney is trying to make moves to start with the comics and maybe expand out to uh, more video, more more out of these franchises. Yeah. Since they've acquired them 
Yeah, I mean. I mean, let's be honest. People love Alien. People love Predator. Yeah. People love Alien vs. Predator. Mm -hmm. Just not what they've had. Right. So, especially with lately, all these remakes of these films are just not doing well. Yeah. Alien Covenant was bad. The Predator remake or whatever sequel was bad. Mm -hmm. The Alien vs. Predator films have never really been the greatest, but they've been, like, cheesy fun. Mm Mm-hmm. So... It would be nice to see them focus on these and give them, like, a real dedication to yeah. quality. Yeah, I guess we'll have to so, see what happens. So, fingers crossed they do well with the comic. Yes. And that spawns more films. Yes. Or a TV show. Yeah. That would be interesting. I want to see Iron Man fight them at some point. I know you do. <laughs> Fuck it. That could be how Iron Man died. Yeah. It wasn't the snap. It was a predator. Camouflage behind him. Yeah. Nobody knew. Yeah. Spoilers, by the way. Iron Man died. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you haven't seen it yet. Yeah, you're not going or to. Or you didn't get spoiled by it by somebody else yet. Yeah. That's your problem. All this talk of Marvel characters and art combined. That reminds me of the time I talked about the next news story when Christopher Miller praised the upcoming Spider-Verse sequel. Yeah. Does it remind you of that? Good fucking times. <laughs> Just to recap for anybody who wasn't there. The developer, uh, Christopher Miller, tweeted out, the development of new groundbreaking art techniques being done for the next Spider-Verse movie are already blowing me away. It's going to make the first movie look quaint. Wow. Quaint. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think he has pinky out when he said it. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. If you remember, the first film had that unique art style where they kind of had the the blur effect on certain areas of the of the scene, so it was like slightly off focus, mm-hmm. but it like gave this really cool effect to it. Yeah. So I'm curious if it's just going to be something that's further along the lines of that, or if it's a completely different thing that they're doing. Yeah, I mean. They're probably making a pretty big difference, I would imagine, if he says that something like that. So, be interested to see what happens. So, do you think the art will be completely different, or do you think it'll just be like a improvement upon what they've already done? I assume it would be just an improvement upon what they've already done. Because you don't want to change what's already worked, right? Right. Not yet, anyway. Yeah, and the sequel won't come out until twenty twenty two. Jesus, it's so, a long time. Yeah, for a really long time. But it got delayed, I think, uh, earlier in the year. And then now we got the situation with everything getting delayed on production. So it's expected. Yeah. But Christopher Miller, also known for Clone High from back in the day. A cartoon that I believe was on Comedy Central, I think. Cartoon I've Network. literally never heard of this, so I have no It was on a channel. <laughs> it was on television. Uh, so it only had one season before it was canceled, uh, but it was centered around clones of historical figures. Abraham Lincoln, JFK, Gandhi. Okay. Uh, stuff like that. Uh, so the, the show was originally canceled after one season with international outrage over the depiction of Gandhi, as I just stated was in the show. Right. Uh I mean, it should be fine now, right? We're in 2020. <laughs> Cancel culture is pretty much dead, I'd say, at this point. Yeah. Uh, I don't see any problems in 
bringing this back if that was a thing in the early 2000s. Yeah. Cancel culture has definitely not been canceled. (laughs) I guess you could say the culture canceled itself. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So that would be interesting, huh? Yeah. Uh, But it does sound like they don't plan to use the same characters from the description. Okay. At least they'll probably bring in new characters on top of the old ones, if they are. Right. Uh, So they say it's going to be a reimagined series with updated pop culture satire. Uh, It likely won't follow the cliffhanger of the original finale. I didn't really watch the show, (laughs) so I couldn't tell you what that was. Yeah. Okay. If it's an M. Night twist, it's probably something like they were clones the whole time. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, yeah, based off what they're describing of the new show format, doesn't sound like it's much of a clone to me. Which I think is a huge mistake. Yeah. It's called Clone High. Mm-hmm. They need to get real literal with this, yeah. real meta, and they should have just replayed the same show <laughs> again. Yeah, and say it was a clone of the original show. Yeah, that would be pretty good. They should have done that as like a publicity stunt, and then come out with the other one. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, glad I made it. <laughs> well, you know, I can tell you about a cartoon series that I did watch. Beavis and Butthead are coming back. Again. Are you ready? Uh, for them coming back or yeah. for you to tell me about them coming back? For them coming back. Um, it's going to be great. Sure. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I'll give you more information. See if you change your mind. Uh, creator Mike Judge is returning to write and produce uh, Beavis and Butthead revival, as well as to voice the two title characters. Um, it's a deal with Comedy Central, and it allows for future spinoffs and specials, suggesting the network has ambitious plans for these two degenerate metalheads. <laughs> oh, so what it sounds like is they just want to bring in the characters again because of nostalgia, uh-huh. get in new characters within the show, mm-hmm. so they can use those as their new shows for the future. Yeah. The difference is here, they're placing the characters in a 2020 setting. Kind of like the original did for Gen X in the 90s, mm-hmm. um, which and it, and it originally had seven seasons, and then it returned in 2011 with an eighth season. Yeah. So my question for... The this three, was on MTV, though. This wasn't yes. on Comedy Central. Right. Although the eighth season might have been Comedy Central. I it, don't know. It might have been. My question is, are they going to be the same Beavis and Butthead, as in they've aged, and they are the age they would be would have been in 2020? That was my first thought, too. Because that Are they be completely cool. changing it so they just are a complete new set of Beavis and Butthead characters? Or is it the same ones that we know? That are grown up. That are grown up. That's a good I'm question. I'm not sure which I would like more. I think I would like it more if they were grown up, because I'd mm-hmm. like to see how they turned out. Yeah. <laughs> or they can have it where they're the growing up ones mm-hmm. in this current time. Yeah. Watching a TV show about characters that are them. Yeah. As rebooted characters oh, in yeah. the current time. Yeah, that's a good point. And they could just do their shit talking about how dumb they are and yeah. whatever. Yeah. Instead of the traditional, you know, music videos that they would gossip about. Right, right. Although they would have you know what they would need to do to make fun of music videos? Because I feel like metal bands don't make music videos anymore. So they would have to be, like, watching MTV, which has, like, if there even are music videos, they are, like, pop and rap and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it would be really funny to watch them, like, critique 
or basically shit talk the modern music video. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be great. So we'll have to see where it goes. Um, I don't know when this is coming out, but I'm excited for it. There's a lot of things I coming up. I assume it's going to be a while. I yeah, think. probably. Um, so some of these projects people have going on are not coming out anytime soon, but we do have some uh, information for that we can work with in the meantime. I have a few quarantine filming updates for everyone who's following or cares. <laughs> um, New Zealand actually opened back up for, or is opening back up for filming for a large portion of productions, namely Lord of the Rings, Cowboy Bebop. Um, there's like several others, Power Rangers, the greatest beer run ever. Some things I haven't heard of. <laughs> I've never even heard of that. I hadn't either. Um, is that like a like a reality show where they travel around the world and? That's what it sounds like, but I don't think it is. Beers and. I wish that were what it was. I mean, I made it for you. So. Yeah, thanks. Um, so the Ministry of Business Innovation and Employment revealed that in addition to Avatar and Power of the Dog, which we talked about a couple episodes ago, they are now allowing New Zealand access to, or allowing access to New Zealand for the crews and their family, um, and the actors, of course, uh, for a lot more productions. Essentially, this seems like an economic decision for them. I know that there might be some negative opinions on it from people in New Zealand who like can't get their relatives to come home because of the quarantine and all that like I get that um, but it seems like it's economic economy based this decision because it's forecasted to bring in 3,000 jobs and 400 million uh, to the New Zealand economy this basically means that 206 film workers and 35 family members are slated to head to New Zealand and they have to meet their own quarantine or self-isolation costs so they're going to be resuming filming for all those projects. Hopefully everything goes off well. Okay. Uh, Cowboy Bebop, that's that show I completely forgot about. Yeah. Uh, kind of worked out for them in a twisted yeah, way, right? Because right? they had that issue with John Cho getting injured on set for filming, and that completely delayed the show. Right. I don't think they even had a idea when they were going to be able to come back because he had like a real serious injury. So somehow this worked out in their benefit i guess because yeah they didn't have to worry about the delay because it was and they everywhere to delay it anyway yeah <laughs> um and then right across the uh i don't know what that's called but the section of ocean between australia and new zealand <laughs> the production of shang chi and the legend of ten rings is to resume filming in australia by the end of july they as we remember stopped filming in march due to the pandemic um, so, people who are excited for that movie, it's about to get back into work. Um, and we also have the UK government, which is now allowing film and TV productions to be exempt from quarantine rules, which is a little bit different. Um, yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a huge clusterfuck of, <laughs> it of sure does. bad decisions. It does. Um, the exemption only applies to those traveling to England, um, and the individual is exempted must live and work in, quote, bubble-controlled environments. That will only include their production and accommodation locations. So basically they're going to be isolated out in the field away yes. from society yes. is what I'm hearing? Yeah, they have to stay at their production location or going only from production location back to their accommodations. Okay. Which is fine because like movie stars that are doing that are probably going to have like, um, they're, they're going to have staff that can like 
that are from they're going to hire staff honestly they probably would prefer that because then they don't have to deal with like locals obsessively bothering them about (laughs) spying on the production and wanting autographs and all that stuff yeah that i assume happens yeah um so it's a little bit weird i'm sure people not everybody's thrilled about that that they get to be exempt but um it's although you would think the news outlets would still be trying to creep on them and shit, yeah. right? For, yeah, for I would stories. imagine, yeah. What I thought was most interesting here is that the culture secretary, Oliver Dowden, directly spoke with Tom Cruise, <laughs> specifically about... Were, were they in space? They might have been. Um, <laughs> they were probably flying helicopters together. Yeah, um, in for, space. Yeah, specifically uh, about how the exemption will allow production to resume for Mission Impossible impossible seven and eight which are being shot at the warner brothers studios leaves den in hertfordshire which is that where we went it is fuck yeah hell yeah <laughs> um so of course i'm mean, like of course tom cruise would get himself a fucking exemption from quarantine rules you know what i mean yeah he he's somehow got it for only him yeah nobody else yeah he's like but i can do it right <laughs> that doesn't apply to me <laughs> He's passing out Scientology pamphlets to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that's the whole point of his going into space is to sneak out? It's his excuse to go find Xenon or whatever his name is. Xenon? Probably. Is that his name? I have no idea. I have to stop paying attention. <laughs> the Scientology god? Yeah, the Scientology guy. I mean, it probably is. Okay. I mean, it makes sense that Mission Impossible 7 and 8 would be something that they would care most about yeah. because of the locations they typically film right and the basis of those those movies are highly involved with the uk yes that's so. true yeah well you brought up warner brothers i did and i'm about to bring up jason momoa what <laughs> voicing you sitting down i'm sitting down he's voicing frosty for a new live action cgi hybrid of frosty the snowman what you know, like the old, uh, Why? the old still animation. Is everyone ready to be sexually attracted to a snowman? <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like if anyone could do it, <laughs> I can see it now. He looks like Jason Momoa when he's normal. Yeah. And then when he gets melted, yeah, he looks like the commercial version from that yeah. tax. Yes. Super Bowl commercial. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's his, that's his melted version. Ew, I don't like it. <laughs> and the children have to freeze him back up. Yeah, so he doesn't look awful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so tell me more about this. Uh, so it's uh, set up at Warner Brothers and Stampede. Okay. I don't know what Stampede is, but... It's studio, production studio, don't, I don't think. Don't want to you know, get in the way of them. Yeah, you sure don't. Okay, here you go. You're going to enjoy this one. Am I? David Berenbaum, the writer for the script of Elf. Oh, shit. Is involved in this one. Okay, I'm in. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck it. You think it's going to be a crossover? You son of a bitch. I'm in. (laughs) You and the dogs. Yep. (laughs) Always. (laughs) So you think it's going to be like a universe shared... I set up would super think be. I would Will be here Farrell for that. Will make an appearance in this? I would absolutely be here for that. He's gonna go visit his buddy, the snowman, <laughs> Mr. Snow. Mr. Snow. 
that his name? Actually, there is a... No, there is a Mr. Snow, yeah, but he's not his, a good his guy. His name's... What? Isn't he like a bad guy? No, there's a snowman, but he's not... Jack Snow? Oh, Jack no, Frost? No, Jack Frost. Yeah. <laughs> Close. Oh, that's him. No. This is really getting complicated. This is different. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's a Santa Claus who was kidnapped by a snow person. A snow person. Not the abominable snowman? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That is true. It is not the abominable snowman. Okay. See, you're complicating even more. I mean... Because there's even a third snow person. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll just have to wait and see. (laughs) I mean, I'm super down for a shared universe. I think that'd be great. Or do you think this is going to be like a prequel to to Aquaman? No. (laughs) Do you think this is going to incorporate global warming? Yeah. And how... They melt him. (laughs) Yeah. And and how... How That's, Frosty the Snowman became a superhero that is a to really fight global warming. for the justice of his former ice allies, which is now the sea. S- snowman and Aquaman are the same person. Okay. Snockwaman. Yeah. S- slushy man. Slu- sl- slushy man. There you go. I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah. He's only useful... Certain time of the year. Yeah. It's got to be a specific temperature. <laughs> yeah. On every corner of the grocery stores. Yeah. And it's going to be produced by John Berg, Greg Silverman, Jeff Johns, uh, who all worked on Aquaman. So. Okay. Only proven my point. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I think this might be a prequel. Okay. An origin story. I guess we'll to see. Aquaman. <laughs> it's a very Benefit of the doubt. Benefit of the doubt. It's not Aquaman himself. Could be an ancestor of his before the seas were thawed. Yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting concept. <laughs> and while we're, while we're on the line of the DCEU, our final news story, which is not that big of a, a thing, but it has a lot of implications going into the Snyder Cut. Okay. The version of Batman vs. Superman on HBO Max was the theatrical, and it's now replaced by the Ultimate Edition. What is that? Which is basically director's cut of the film. Oh, okay. So, the Snyder cut of Batman vs. Superman is basically what it is. Okay. It's existed forever. Okay. We, I think, have it. Okay. It's three hours long. Okay. It's a three-hour tour. <laughs> Did you even watch Gilligan's Island? No, I did not. Okay. Because <laughs> I did. <laughs> Why do you know that reference then? Because I grew up okay. in a time that it existed. Because you grew up. Okay. Got it. Okay. Well, have we watched the three-hour version or do we just own it? I think I've watched at least part of it. Okay. Um, I, I think we bought it when it was like $10 on like a Black Friday or something like that. Uh, so obviously we had to buy it. Here's the thing. So, everyone was, like, going crazy about Avengers Endgame being, what was it, like, two and a half hours? Yeah, I think so. And this film's three hours. But it's a director's mm. cut, right? So, people usually don't shit talk about that. There better be a director's cut of Endgame, then. That would be cool. There better be a four-hour cut of that. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, we have movies like this all the time that are longer than two and a half hours, but somehow it wouldn't act like Endgame was like this crazy moment in yeah. theaters. Just thought that was interesting. Yeah. 
Definitely. Kind of shows that Marvel won that race. Mm-hmm. But DC's got a secret weapon now. Yeah. Frosty. Frosty the Snowman. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, that's basically it for our news. It is. Well, we get in some trailer trash or treasure. Yeah, I'm ready. Uh, the first one up is not really necessarily a trailer, but it's the first glimpse we have of the upcoming Cuphead Netflix series. Okay. Uh, which is slated for sometime in 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it has like a January 1st tag, but I think that's just a placeholder because yeah. they don't have an actual date yet. Right. Uh, so this is based off the video game, mm-hmm. which hit Xbox a couple years ago, I believe. It was a little indie developer who just put this game together using the art style of the 1930s. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was basically just more so boss battles was the whole game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard it was really hard. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a very challenging game. Um, so really, all they did was show a little glimpse of some of the animation. They showed the voice actors of the people involved in creating the the cartoon, and it was more of a little like, oh, see what we're up to, just kind of let you remind you it exists. Not really right. so much a trailer. Okay. Um, art looked a little different than what it looks like in the game. Yeah, it looked kind of like more updated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is fair. Uh. Uh, honestly, I'm not that sure I care about this cartoon, but yeah. it seems interesting for anybody who does care about the you know the game and wants to see what they do with this. Yeah, I don't think I'm interested, but the it did look decent. The animation looked decent, and yeah. I it didn't look like I wouldn't call it trash, but I'm probably not interested. Yeah. So I'm gonna so, call it typical. Okay, I was yeah. gonna say. So you're saying it's trash, but you're not saying it's trash, no, or it's not trash. Okay, it does. It looked like it's probably good. Yeah, it's just not my thing. Okay. Yeah. Typicals for typical for me as well. Yeah. Okay, we agree. Unanimous vote. Yep. Uh, nothing but respect. <laughs> yeah. Just like our next trailer, respect, uh, which is planning to hit theaters December twenty fifth. Yep. Christmas time. Is that the is that like the go to time for yeah. musicals then? Yeah, because they think I mean, which is true, people go see movies with the family. With their family. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh she's probably expecting this to be better than cats, I assume then. Probably. Or at least the reaction. Yeah. Uh Jennifer Hudson, I guess I gave a little bit of a spoiler. <laughs> Jennifer Hudson uh is going to be playing Aretha Franklin. In a like biopic type yeah. situation. Yeah. So it yeah. seems like it's a biopic about her life yeah. and yeah. and her. becoming the singer she is. Mm-hmm. Uh, look good. I'll yeah. see if you enjoy the music that she has, and yeah. you're probably gonna enjoy this. Yeah. The little bit of music you heard in the trailer sounded incredible. So I am here for it. I'm gonna call it a treasure. Okay. I'm gonna say typical. Yeah. You're not huge into musical stuff, so that's Yeah. Fine. I well, it's not even so much that. I just I respect the music. I wasn't really into this music. Yeah. Aretha Franklin's growing not, up. not really like young boy music, so that's fair. Well yeah, but there are older songs that I do also like. Yeah, yeah. This just wasn't my cup of tea. Right. Uh so I'll give it a typical. Okay. I'm sure I'll see it with you if you want to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh not sure about... At, at the very least, I'm more interested in the story about her life than I am about yeah. hearing her music right. played throughout 
I'm just really interested in any sound that comes out of Jennifer Hudson's mouth because she's like meow, especially meow. (laughs) She's just really, really good. And I think it's she's just so underrated. She doesn't get the respect she deserves. I think. Yeah. So I hope this will be to remind people that. She's yeah. not just like an American Idol winner or whatever the fuck she yeah. won. Yeah. Yeah. Like she's you know, really, really good and talented. Hopefully this film can spell it out for you all. Yeah. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Yeah. That's what it should mean to you. <laughs> yeah. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. <laughs> I, I can't think of the rest of it. It's okay. Well, that's it. That's all I got. Yeah. Uh, I will quiet down now. Yeah. For the silencing. Yes. Which is our next trailer we watched. Yeah. So the silencing, we saw this trailer and it's um, some kind of, it's really hard to, I couldn't really understand exactly what was going on, but there's like a sheriff and then there's Jamie Lannister and (laughs) he's like, there's uh, his his daughter was abducted or was missing or whatever. It's a cold case situation. Yeah. She was either taken or killed or maybe both. Um, and Was she a king? I don't think so. Because I think I solved the case if she was. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she wasn't a king. Okay. Plus he has both hands in this, so. Prequel. <laughs> um so yeah, she, quite a she yeah, quite. <laughs> uh, so his character is looking for information on how what happened to his daughter, and there's weird shit going on in the woods. And then he's talking to the sheriff, and then it it seems like it gets crazy. Like there's modern day case. There's a girl that's murdered, and the guy whose daughter was a long time ago murdered or missing then becomes obsessed with the case um, because he feels like it's related or it could be his daughter and then he it spawns this obsession on his part of trying to figure out who the killer is of this person who ends up not being his daughter which is so it's like a crime thriller situation it's a cat and mouse yeah between him and the killer yes and then the it's like weird bow and arrow hunting yes situation in the woods between him and the guy yeah and then the sheriff I assume is is involved. in between trying to solve the crime and gets stumbled into the the cat and mouse of it right. all. Right. Yeah. It seems like it's going to get intense. Yeah. So, um uh watching this trailer, seeing I what's the actor's name for Jamie Lannister? Um Nicolaj Coster-Waldo okay. is his name. Uh seeing him in this with a beard and then this like really protective father figure mm-hmm. uh, role had me instantly thinking of Joel from the Last of Us TV series. Oh, okay. He would make a good Joel. Okay. And I know we had talked about who we thought could play those characters, I think, in the, a previous episode. I think we Now did. I'm curious if one of them was him for any of us. We'll have to go back and look. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he'd be perfect for that role. Yeah. Uh, that's, that if he sense. looks the part, he's an actor that yeah. does really well. Yeah. Uh, I think he can and do it. And it's going to be on, what, HBO? Yeah. So he's... I mean, I mean, not anytime soon, but yeah. No, I know, but he's they, yeah, been on there HBO you go. Already. He's already got his relations 
with HBO. Yeah. So, boom. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, this one looked pretty intriguing to me, and it's probably going to be... Look, there. It looks like there's going to be parts where I'm going to have to close my eyes, but I'm still going to call it a treasure. I'm intrigued. Yeah, I'd, I'd say treasure. Cool. The Lannister treasure. Yeah. Uh, not to be confused with taxes. Correct. Yeah. Although, um, if you don't pay your taxes, mm-hmm. the tax collector's going to come. Oh, yeah. And a Lannister always pays his debt. That's fair. So he shouldn't really have to worry about the tax collector. No, probably not. Uh, but those that do, yeah. Shia LaBeouf plays the tax collector, from what I understand mm-hmm. from this trailer. Yeah. Uh, which seemingly is some guy who's partnered with another guy who their entire business is taxing gang members. He seems to be like a mob boss, but like in L.A. Well, from what I understood was they were like, that was like, they referenced like 20 something gangs in yes. LA. Yeah. That all pay taxes to this guy. To this guy. And yeah. if they don't, he fucks them up. He fucks them up. Yep. So basically, he's like the pimp to all of these gangs. He's the pimp to their gangs. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's seems... uh, And then shit unfolds, and one of the gangs decides they don't want to pay their Lannister tax anymore. Yeah. And so. They revolt by kidnapping the children of one of them. Of his, like, right-hand man person, yeah. it seems. And then it turns into this all-out war, war yeah. between gangs and revenge and yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh, Shia LaBeouf, doing what he does best, got extremely into this character. Yeah. Apparently, he got an entire chest tattoo done on his body. That says creeper across it. Ew. And that was a real tattoo that he got done. A real tattoo. For the filming of this movie. He didn't just do like henna like people usually do? No, it's a real tattoo. That's crazy. And this is actually not the first time. Okay. Uh, I also learned from looking into this trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also pulled a tooth out for the film Fury. I didn't see that. Which is like a war film. Right. At first I was like, oh, he was in... Fury Road. I know. I was like, uh, I don't think he was. I was in like, that. wait a minute. No, no, this is that war. <laughs> That's pretty hardcore. So I don't know if I care about this one or not. Yeah, I don't uh, really it care. comes out in select theaters and VOD on August seventh. I didn't care about it. I feel like it might be uh, if it's on streaming, I'll watch it. Right. But I don't know if I'd actually go watch it. Yeah, I I would definitely not go to a theater for it. Yeah, especially. Yeah, especially, especially right if now. it doesn't seem safe. Yeah. I'm going to pass on that. Because uh, there's all those gangs shooting at each other. Yeah. That's why. That's why. No other possible reason. Uh, yeah, I might watch it, like, if it's on Netflix later down the road, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, is Shia LaBeouf batshit crazy? Like, <laughs> isn't he, like... He went through some dark time. Right. Okay. Uh, but then he's kind of made a comeback with yeah. rehab and all that stuff. Okay. Uh, Honey Boy was his... Oh. Self-proclaimed biopic, okay, of him and his relationship with his father. Okay. That's actually on Amazon Prime. I have not watched it, but I hear really good things about it. Okay, um, so I'm I'd like to watch that at some point. I've heard he's really come around from since Transformers and mm-hmm. where he is now. Gotcha. Okay. So, uh, also Transformers. What kind of 
method acting do you think he did with that? Do you think he, like, transformed into a robot? I mean, luckily he didn't play a robot, so. Okay. That's <laughs> that's good. That's a valid point. God, I would hate to see him play, like, a character where he's, like, a cannibal or something. Oh, my God. He'd probably legitimately become a cannibal. Yeah. That's crazy. I didn't want to go there. <laughs> Don't do it, Shia. You have a reason to eat other animals. Yeah. Particularly legal reasons. Yeah. (laughs) Did we say our rating for Tax Collector? I don't think we have. I'm going to say trash. Okay. I'd say typical. Yeah. It looks like it's going to be good for people in this type of movie. It was was also like the creator of like End of Watch, which was like another like cop film Hmm. that was pretty popular. It's a while back it came out. Oh yeah. It sounds familiar. Uh, it's got, was it Michael Pena or Pena? Pena. Pena. Pena, yeah. Michael Pena. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And Jake Gyllenhaal, I think? Yes. Yes. Yeah, right? Yeah. Okay, so I've never seen that film, but, um... Oh, I think I watched it. Uh, it it had that vibe to me. Like, that kind of a uncomfortable... Yeah. That's the... Following of of the day-to-day of somebody's occupation yeah. which i guess in the sense is the opposite end of um, of the police and criminal right right yeah world i'm gonna just pass okay it didn't it just didn't interest me i guess yeah and yeah. that I, it doesn't yeah. necessarily interest me but like i said if it's on streaming that we already have yeah. sure i'll watch it but yeah. i'm not gonna go out of my way for it gotcha. so it's a typical for me okay all right sounds good i don't think it looked bad it just wasn't for me Okay, that's fair. I probably should just call it a typical because of that. I just was thinking when it first started playing, I was like, "This isn't what I thought it was going to be," and I was very yeah, not at all. I was very I, disappointed. I... <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh, well, this is just a different movie than I expected it to be." So it's really not. I think it was like when you pick up a glass that you think has like soda in it, and it turns out to be milk. You're like, <laughs> "That's a very." <laughs> weird thing or to mistake out, or it turns out to be water like it's not a clear glass i thought this was moldy soda no this is just milk my point is like you pick up a drink <laughs> or you go to drink something and you think it's something yeah like, but it turns out to be something different even if that thing that's different isn't something you don't like it's just like you're yeah. disappointed because it's not what you thought it was going to be i do have to ask what have you been in a scenario <laughs> where you took a sip of something <laughs> thinking it was dr pepper and then spit it out <laughs> dramatically because it ended up being milk? No, I don't think so. That is not what the doctor ordered. <laughs> okay. No, I was just using it as an example, like one beverage versus another. Usually it's like I think I'm picking up my water. It turns out it's soda or whatever. You know what I mean? Or vice versa. I mean, I imagine like thinking you have a Coke. Turns out it's Diet Coke. Yeah. But, I mean, you... Took it to a new level. It's like Jesus turning water into wine. You turned Dr. Pepper into milk. Yeah, I did. That's impressive. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> anyway, so you're you're, you're going to pass on the tax collector and his war yeah. uh, on gangs? Yeah. What if I told you there was another war fought on the Netflix front? What kind of war? A cyber war. Oh, yeah? Tell me more. The Transformers War for Cybertron Trilogy Siege 
Okay. It's a very complicated name. Yeah. But <laughs> basically, it comes down to Transformers has a animated CGI show coming to Netflix on July 30th. And it's based on the war for Cybertron. It's got a nice cell shaded looking art style to it. That looks amazing. Yeah. Very gorgeous. And I think it's going to tell a real solid story about what took place between Megatron and Optimus Prime. Good. Resulting in the war for Cybertron. Okay. Leading into what everybody knows from all the different Transformer, you know, storylines. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they have their new trailer out for this film or for the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, seeing as it's called Trilogy, I'm going to assume it's a three-part and not really a full series. Right. Unless it's three seasons. Mm. You can do that. Yeah. I'll let you do that. <laughs> You'll let them? <laughs> um, it looked amazing. Yeah. I was really on board when I first saw this months ago. Yeah. And then saw this and I was like, yes. It didn't look as exciting as the first trailer from what they put into the trailer. Yeah. But I'm still really fucking pumped. Right. Because. Because of course you are. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully Shia LaBeouf will come and... Maybe. Do a cameo. Collect some taxes from <laughs> Cybertron. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited for this. So this is obviously a treasure for me. Yeah. Just by default. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, I actually didn't see the video part of this, but just on audio alone, I listened to you watching it twice, and mm-hmm. I'm sold. Yeah. I'm still going to call it a treasure. <laughs> I didn't even see any of the graphics, but the audio sounded amazing. So... Okay. I'm in. Yeah. The dogs are too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a son of a bitch. You're in. <laughs> uh, this one's kind of funny. Uh, there's going to be another movie coming to Quibi. Is it a movie? It said movie, right? Okay. I don't know. I mean, Go really it. nothing on Quibi is a truly, truly a movie. It's just in parts, but it made it seem like it was a movie, but I could be wrong. It's a Quibi thing, whatever okay. the fuck it is. It's called Die Hard. And it looks like it's going to be uh, Kevin Hart trying to be an action star rather than the comedic sidekick to the action star. So so it's kind of like a meta take on him in the roles he plays. Yeah. Particularly with Dwayne Johnson. Yes. Because he's even referenced in this trailer. Yes, he is. Yeah. So um, that is exactly what it sounds like. It looks like it's going to be funny with some silly like stunts and... Him going to this training camp with, a, I don't remember the name of the character, but played by John Travolta. He's like, yeah, which was like, what? <laughs> and that's not even him looking like that for the show, yeah, or movie or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, that's what he looks like now. Yeah, and I don't remember. I didn't recall him being so tall. Yeah, but again, he's next to Kevin, Kevin Hart, Hart to be so fair. maybe he's not that tall. Yeah, he might just be average height. <laughs> um, either way, this looks pretty funny. I will not have Quibi by the time this airs on July twentieth. But it looks funny for anybody who plans to have Quibi by then. And I might check it out if I get another trial or decide to subscribe to Quibi, which I probably won't. Yeah, I'll probably, probably try and get another trial. Yeah, try and get another trial another time. But um, it seems like a fun thing. If anybody already has Quibi, check it out July 20th. Seems like it's going to be funny. Especially if you if you like Kevin Hart, you're pretty much going to like it. This is about him. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought it looked good. Yeah, uh, so treasure from me. Yeah, I would say treasure. Um, while we're talking about Quibi, though, let's jump into what we watched this week. 
I, as I just mentioned, my Quibi trial expired, so I was, like, binge-watching everything I could um, that I hadn't already watched, which wasn't very much, but anywho. Um, We spoke briefly previously about the Princess Bride remake that they were going to be putting on Quibi, so I watched as many episodes as I could, which I think I got through episode six of ten. Well, that's all there was. Right. No, they're not posting them every day. So I got through episode six and the the next one doesn't air or doesn't post till tomorrow. So I'll be watching that on your phone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So at first I was annoyed by that, right? Yeah. And I was like, why the fuck you posting that there's 10 if you only have six available? But then I looked back to defending Jacob Mm -hmm. who constantly lied to our faces every week. At least they're telling you. Yeah. And I thought, okay, valid point. Yeah. Um, so I thought this was hilarious. I think it was, it was really perfect how they did it because they didn't really, we had mentioned before that trying to do a true Princess Bride remake would be very difficult because it's such a beloved, uh, like cult, uh, cult classic situation. Um, and I think this was done so well because it was filmed by the actors with costumes they found in their fucking closets and like random props. And it was just, it was funny. It was great. I really enjoyed it. At first, I hated the idea of this. Yeah. And then when I actually sat down and started watching it, I thought, oh. Yeah. This is actually pretty pleasant. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, I, I say this a lot. It's charming. Yes, uh, it is. You know, Prince Charming, if you will. If you will. <laughs> uh, and I really enjoyed how, it w- in my head, it was going to be a handful of actors were the cast. Oh, and okay. that was the whole thing. Yeah, not so. But that's not what they did. Not at all. They did, here's like a hundred fucking actors. Yeah. And no. they're all just mixed matching. Yeah. They're any fucking character. Yeah. Uh, like, and at pick first, a scene. Go for it. <laughs> and at first, I was like, this is kind of hard to follow. Yeah. I'm not sure I really enjoy how this is because like, I don't know who that's supposed to be. I'm going to be like, I have to refer back to the right. to the movie to make yeah. sure I know who this is. Yeah. And, um, But then I realized, because I was holding it. Vertical. Okay. Because that's what they suggested. Uh Uh-huh. But then I turned it on accident, horizontal, aka it fell. (laughs) Yeah. Because I wasn't holding it. Yeah. And then when I did that, it actually showed a lot more detail where it had screenshots of the actual film next to it with who the person playing the character is. Yeah. Who they were in the scene. Yeah. Yeah. And it kept shifting back and forth depending on who was on screen. Yeah. And it was like a really fun, nice, convenient way to follow the thing for anybody who, you know, like me was like, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> who is that? Yeah. Yeah. And sure, you're like, well, you're a fucking idiot apparently. But, <laughs> I mean, given they were all out in their own homes doing this in their own way. Yeah. Not everybody had the same exact costume right. every time. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there were a couple times where I was like, wait a minute. Oh, wait. Okay, now I know who that is. It yeah. took me a second. I mean, obviously, when they had the, the scenes where it was Fred Savage in the bed. Right. Yeah. Um, obviously, I knew because they were always wearing a Bears t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, which then I was like, so did they just mail a bunch of t-shirts to everybody who was going to be in this scene? Or did they just conveniently pick people who had these shirts already? Yeah. Like, I had so many questions <laughs> that were not important to the source material but it made yeah. me so curious about just the development of this whole thing. I have to imagine they were like, this is what we want to do. 
it was like a mass text or a mass email to all these people. It's like, mm-hmm. this is what we want to do. What scene do you want? Make sure you have a costume yeah. that will work or something that would work for this. So that's what I'm imagining happened. I have no yeah. idea, but it's such a cool, I like the way it turned yeah. out a lot. And, you know, we had listed a bunch of people. So yeah. some I, you know, oh yeah, I knew he was going to be in this. Yeah. But then there was others I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I did not know they were going to be in this. Yeah. And so that made that really fun when I saw them playing whoever. Who? For Do you have an example of somebody um, you were surprised or happy to see? Uh, right off the bat, Nick Kroll. Okay. Who played Rexon on the league. Yes. You know, he's been in other stuff, but yeah. that's what I know him from. Right. Or when I first started watching him and yeah. stuff. Uh, he had a scene where he just kept repeating the same line. Right. Over and over dramatically. Yeah. In different, like, ways. I think they're getting it closer. Just, yeah. It looks like they're getting closer. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I was like... Was that in the original, or did he just really <laughs> exaggerate the scene? He, I mean, it happened, but not nearly as exaggeratedly. Okay. So he just he took it and ran with it. Yeah. So yeah. I, I really was like, I was really finding myself enjoying this, and yeah. so I, I was kind of disappointed when I got through episode six and it was over. Yeah. So I honestly would probably recommend to people wait until the whole thing is out. Yes. And just watch it all. Yeah. Because I feel like. Even though it's meant to be short snippets, Mm -hmm. I feel like it does it a disservice to watch it with a gap in there and then have to wait till the next one. Yeah. Because it kind of ruins the flow of the charm of seeing all these random characters just pop in and out. Um, And they had some people who really put some effort into, like, their voice (laughs) acting and stuff. They they got into character. They did, like, the accents and, you know. And there was people I didn't even know who the fuck they were. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I better look up who that person is. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, it, it, it was a lot of fun. I thought, um, I think one of my favorite cameos was uh, Dave Bautista. Yeah. As the uh, giant. <laughs> but I will say, huh. I was a little disappointed in the sense because it felt like he was just reading it rather than yeah. trying to do the voice. Uh much like other people did. Right, like... Um, What's his name from... Jason Siegel. Yes, Jason, Jason Siegel. Yeah. I was his like, voice he's, so he's got to be an impersonator I for know. that for, the, for Andre the Giant. <laughs> There's no so way good. he doesn't... Yeah. He's had it that was, voice before this. Perfect. This yeah. was not something he made up. Yeah. <laughs> like, he had that nailed perfect. Yeah, that's uh, true. And then I like how he did the puppet uh-huh. to be... Uh, Nigo Montoya, yeah. like uh, he was talking to him, yeah. so he had the puppet out like he was yeah. talking to him. <laughs> and just the, the editing of this, how they put it together, so it flowed with how they filmed everything. Yeah, the ones with where people there's they like were never fight with. scenes, yeah. where it was like one person, like that's nuts. Yeah. It was so cool. Yeah. Uh, so I really, really enjoyed this. Yeah. And, you know, we kind of talked about stuff in the last few episodes about how, you know, voice acting roles are changing and stuff Mm -hmm. because of ethnicities and backgrounds and stuff. Mm -hmm. I feel like this was the perfect example of throw all of that trash out the window. Yeah. Let it be anyone. Of being political on creativity. Yeah. Because this just showed you could have anybody in the role. Yeah. You know, they gender swapped, you know, they did fun plays where there was a couple, uh, yeah, it was NPH and his husband were, uh, I don't know who that is. Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, Sorry. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that wasn't who I was talking about, <laughs> oh, okay. but sure. Because his husband, his husband played the princess. Butterfly. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, that's another example I was going to yeah. say. Okay. So, you know, you had actors who had, most of the time, they had their spouses in there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, tradition. Oh, you know who it was? Uh, Brandon Routh? Whoever the guy from Adam? Tomorrow. Yeah, the Adam. Oh, I don't remember seeing him. Roll. What's his uh, name? Adam Routh, I think. Routh? Or Ruth. Yeah. Okay. Him and I assume his wife mm-hmm. played the two characters. Yeah. And then halfway through their scene, they flipped it. Mm-hmm. And then he was the princess. And then she was the masked man. Yeah. Uh, so it really was fun because, the, you know, they gender swapped in scenes. They did whatever the fuck ethnicity you are. Mm-hmm. Actors was whoever the fuck you were in the scene. Yeah. You know, they did like you referenced uh, Neil Patrick Harris and his, mm-hmm. I assume, husband. Yeah. Uh, they did, you know, David Burkut, the scene where they were also the masked man and the princess. Yeah. So they covered all yeah. aspects. Yeah. You know, they've had uh, a younger actress played the masked man. I think her name was Caitlin Denver. I didn't. Dever. Caitlin Dever, I think her name was. I was wondering who that was. She was in Booksmart. That's one of the ones I looked up because, oh, like, I don't know okay. who she is. Okay. Okay. Uh, and I looked it up and. The one thing I noticed was Booksmart, and okay. I haven't seen that, but I know of that being a thing. So, uh, I just felt like this was like the perfect example of of throwing out all of that kind of stuff and just saying, "Hey, we're all here to contribute to a a, a nice creative piece of art, yeah, and and it, we're all just going to have fun, and we're not going to worry about what's politically correct or right. whatever. It just yeah. This is just something for people to enjoy. Yeah. And I think they nailed it. I, I think agree. they did a great fucking job. And we have, what, another third of it still that we haven't watched yet? So yeah, there's like four more episodes. Yeah. So I'm really excited for that. I'm kind of bummed. I hope they all come out before your trial expires. Because. <laughs> oh, watch. The, the, last, <laughs> episode like the last episode we, we miss. Yeah. That would suck. Yeah. Um, one last thing. Mm-hmm. I want to see more of this kind of thing with other yeah, films. I agree. I think that they may have just created a genre. Yeah. This. For people, even with a pandemic gone. This in the genre, dust. doing shit like this, like a lot of it, is what I would pay Quibi to see. If they if they decided to take this, this experiment and make it into a genre, like mm-hmm. you're saying, if they did it for a bunch of cult classics and a bunch of things that are popular IPs, mm-hmm. uh, I would be more interested in seeing that rather than, like, the random... You know what I mean? Yeah. I and think uh, that's worth paying for. I feel like this had to have been really cheap for them to do, right? I would imagine. I mean, they're probably paying most of it into just paying the actors to do it. Yeah. Assuming they didn't want to do it for the charity that was established they're doing it for in right. the beginning. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I, I would love to see other things reenacted mm-hmm. i think this would be a really fun genre to to contribute into for the future yeah i uh, agree it, it kind of made me laugh too because we basically did this before this was a thing yeah with the jaws thing yeah. we did a little skit for jaws with our cats being the shark and yeah you know so i couldn't help but giggle at us doing that yeah and then seeing the same kind of thing from actual actors yeah so I'm giving it a five. Yeah, I'm going to be right there with you. Five. Okay. Uh, the only thing I, I would have a complaint about is that uh, they did this before I could ever come up with a, a script for a 
Princess Bride remake yeah. that I wanted to do. Yeah. You got me, Quibi. Yeah. They sure did. Dicks on the table. <laughs> Dicks on the table. Uh, so I also watch Murder House Flip on Quibi. Uh, so it's basically the concept is people moved into a house and found out either before or after that somebody was murdered in it. <laughs> Before or after? Because by law, you have to, most people found out before and they were like, I'm still going to buy it because it's cheap. But then there was one of the stories where like, yeah, they didn't divulge it before we bought it. So now we're like freaked out to live in our house. But legally they would have to. After a certain number of years, I think after three years, they don't have to mention it. So it depends on the Mm. state as well. After three years of the of death. the event, yes, of, of the death. It's not necessarily a murder, right? It could just be someone died. Of the died. death, yes. They don't have to divulge that it was like a violent death. But there was one story in there in the show that was like a the family found out afterwards. They were like, oh, yeah, some lady, like her husband murdered her and chopped her up in the bathtub or whatever. And like. Well, that was considered. And they still up. had the same fucking bathtub. I was Ugh. like, are you fucking kidding me? I would move the fuck out or demolish that whole entire... It's crazy. So, um, it was kind of... Yeah, it was was cool to see what the remodel team did. They would pick... They would always find, like, the place that the people felt like was the most haunted or the most, like, unused part of the house because they were creeped out by it. And they would just revamp it into something really awesome and cool. And it was cool. It was just your typical remodel show, but with a backstory of somebody was murdered here. It gave it a nice (laughs) twist to it. Yes, exactly. A little bit of a combination of people who are obsessed with HGTV and forensic files. (laughs) It was great for me. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I mean, I'm a little interested, at least in the one where they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, somebody died in here. Yeah. Now that you bought it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No take backs. Yeah. (laughs) Nope. No take. You signed the papers, right? Okay. Bye. Um, yeah, sounds interesting. Yeah. Not as interesting as a little something called Warrior Nun. Oh my gosh, yes. This series is quite ridiculous, in case the name didn't give it away. Yeah. So this is a Netflix series that came out, uh, I think, within the last week or so. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. Um, and the whole premise is a girl uh, is dead Mm -hmm. for what they want you to believe is unknown reasons Mm -hmm. uh and then she's given this device on accident to hide it from some group of of people Mm -hmm. who are looking for it right uh and it ends up bringing her back to life yeah and it turns out that the device is a holy halo thingy right it's an angel's halo it's an angel's halo yeah uh and the group that owns it is a order of warrior nuns that are protecting the world from demons and their whatever invasion from hell yes uh so she ends up thrown into this world uh that she had nothing to do with and she came back to life and now she's in this world uh so it's really just about her kind of becoming a part of this world and what she chooses to do yep uh with that new knowledge yeah it's very um teen angst heavy yes that's the one problem i had with it was Mm -hmm. marketing i felt made it seem like it was more of a uh kill bill uh Mm -hmm. deadpool yeah look how gory and 
you know, R-rated this is. It's not that serious. It feels like it's just CW with the occasional F-word per episode. Yeah. It's like, uh, honestly, there were episodes of Supernatural that were more gory than this. Okay. In my opinion. Uh, It it honestly, too, felt more like it was a Stranger Things rehash with an older group of people. Mm Mm-hmm. Where the main character felt like she was basically just 11. Mm-hmm. The, the, in the context of how she comes into this world. Yeah. It felt like they were just trying to rehash 11 in a new show as a, a little bit older. Yeah. And then give her a bunch of young girl problems. Right. Yeah. There was like the whole the teen girl internal monologue thing that you've got going on. Yeah. Which was probably the biggest eye roll I had of yeah, the show. I didn't like that part. I mean, it was fine. I mean, I'll, we'll probably keep watching it, but I'm not going to prioritize they, it. Yeah, they tried to be clever with it where she'd have internal monologue that you just hear on screen mm-hmm. when she's having conversations with people. And then the first thing she says out of her mouth after the monologue's over is essentially like continuation of her monologue. Yeah. But it it's a cool idea, but the fact that it's all about her being a tween and... Yeah. Really? Was she even a tween? I think no, she was I think like, she was supposed to be 17 she or She was like a, a young adult, right? Yeah, she okay. was a young adult. Uh, but the fact that she was this young adult who was basically acting like she was a tween. Her mental age was younger than her physical it just, age. It just took me of... out of the show. Right. Otherwise, the premise was pretty interesting. Yeah. And I liked how some of the characters had names that were reflective of historical characters mm-hmm. within the Bible. Right. Uh, which then added a whole context or a whole layer of predictions on right. will they turn into a certain character at yeah. a later date Yeah, if the show continues. Yeah. Um, overall, I think the show is more disappointing than enjoyable. We're only about two-thirds, I think, the way through. Yeah, something like that. Uh, so we, at least I plan to finish up the show, but my overall takeaway so far is... It was not as exciting as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, even, like, the fight sequences didn't feel like they were that good. They yeah. felt very, I don't know, I don't even want to say cheesy, because cheesy implies that it was intended to be that way. It just felt like they didn't put a lot of effort into the choreography. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for something that's got this, you know, tone of Stranger Things and has a, a decent sci-fi... Um, CGI budget. Right. It it gets the job done. Yeah. But I would say the CGI was probably not even uh, a part of the show very much, right? Very minimal. Um, I don't know if it gets more later on, but... Yeah. And the first third of what we've seen was better, and then I feel like it kind of dropped off mm-hmm. in the, the second part that we watched. There seems to have been a lull. I don't know if it'll pick up again. I, I feel like the, the, the direction the, sh- the, the plot went, I feel like took a turn for the worse and i'm hoping that it gets better going into the third act of the series yeah i agree um, but otherwise it's got your typical tropes of characters mm-hmm. um i feel like it was pretty predictable with things that were going to happen yeah definitely so uh don't expect a whole lot out of it but it's something to watch yeah if you yeah need it's, something new. it's fine yeah I, I would give it a three i guess yeah, I would probably say, I'd probably say a two, even, for me. Okay. But 
I have a little bit higher tolerance for that CW trash than you do. Well, I have tolerance for it, but it just... Again, I feel like they marketed this show like it was different than that. And then that's what it was. Yeah. If they marketed that way, my rating would probably be higher. Right. But the fact is they tried to make you think it wasn't. And then that's all it ended up being again. True. Very true. And just saying fuck once an episode doesn't make me think a show's better. Yeah. Gotta say it twice. Yeah. At least. With that said, let's move the fuck on to our next thing we watched yeah let's 7500 which was a film on amazon prime yes. i believe it's an original i think so that's the the vibe i got yeah uh and it starred joseph gordon levitt yeah as tobias ellis a co-pilot to a german airline or at least they were in Germany. They were in Germany, yeah. Traveling to Paris. Correct. They were traveling from Berlin to Paris. Uh, have not seen him in anything in a long time. Yeah, he said he took a break from acting when he had kids. And so this is kind of his de facto return to acting. And he wanted it to be a special project. Okay. Yeah. So he must have some kind of uh, connection to the, the story that was told in this then? Maybe. Or he just thought it was a good role, which it was, so... Yeah, I, I was really shocked to see him coming back. I yeah. didn't realize that's why he's leaving, but yeah. uh, it was nice to see that he's, you know, back in something. Yeah. Uh, so, Tomato Meter, it gave the credit score was 70%. Uh, audience score was 60%. And hmm. this is as of July 5th. Interesting. Yeah, I'm actually surprised that it feels like it's lower on the critic side than I would have expected. Yeah. I can't figure out why, but it's probably really hard to pull off a successful film when you have it kind of filmed in such a small area with a limited cast. Yeah, this was clearly a a smaller budget film. Uh, Basic premise. He's a co-pilot on a commercial flight and a group of people end up being hijackers. Yeah. And they try to break into the cockpit. Mm -hmm. Uh, They are successful to an extent and Mm -hmm. they injure his co-pilot and then it basically the whole film is about him trapped in the cockpit with one of the hijackers and having to deal with getting the the plane safely on the ground with a group of people trying to break in yes uh while also dealing with the fear of the hostages being harmed right which are obviously the passengers passengers yes and flight attendants. Yeah. And it was it was about an hour and a half film. Uh, it was really one of those things where it's more of a edge of your seat kind of thriller. Mm-hmm. Um, slower pace, obviously, because it's really just about observing a small situation. Yeah. Um, it kind of reminded me a lot of like films like uh, Phone Booth. I don't see that. Um, it, it was more of a little bit more of an action film, but it was yeah. basically the entire premise was like a whole case thing where he was like the whole thing was he was inside of a phone booth and oh. he was being like guided by somebody to do these criminal acts from a phone booth and okay. then was like solving the who's the criminal. Gotcha. Stuff like that. Yeah. And there's like other films. Like there's like a yeah. horror film called Devil or something like that where okay. the whole thing is based in an elevator. Mm-hmm. That's the whole film. 
So you've seen this kind of thing before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really liked how they played this out because you felt like you were there. Like you, yeah. you felt like you were in the situation. Mm-hmm. And with little context of everything else, you, you really felt what you saw on screen. Like you yeah. felt from anybody involved what their fears were, what their concerns were. Yeah. Uh, their physical pains. Yeah. Like, it just was a very emotional ride. Yeah. A lot of turbulence, if you will. Yeah. Uh, and then I also wanted to mention Omid Memar, I think is how you pronounce it. He played one of the hijackers, the youngest one, who gets probably the most screen time. Yeah, I would say he was, like, the lead role as far as that group of characters. Yes. Um, and I think he just did an incredible job with what he had to do his character had to go through yeah yeah so i liked it i think it was it was a small cast and it was really really good yeah yep quality over quantity if you will indeed um i would highly recommend it i I, it was an hour and a half on amazon prime called 7500 and i think it's worth a watch It, it, it really also kind of dives into the it's not the same thing as the events of 911 mm-hmm. but it kind of ties into this concept of showing both sides of a terrorist hijacking you know storyline if mm-hmm. you will yeah and you actually saw kind of multiple viewpoints inside of the terrorist group as well which was interesting not viewpoints but you could see multiple different it's not it's nice to see that there were his character differences. It's not just the generic trope of somebody hijacking the plane. Yeah, there, there was. They were there very were complicated layers within. Yes, within uh, the group. people's motives and reasons for what they're doing and why yeah. they're doing it. Yes, uh, whether it's right or wrong, obviously, yeah. is yeah. another story. But yeah. it was interesting to see them kind of emphasize that it's not black and white as far as you know, good versus evil. Right. Yes, there was lots of shades of gray there. So. It was a really interesting film. I would recommend it. I agree. I'm giving it a five. I also am giving it a five. Uh, so I'll just put that right in between the seven and the two zeros. Yep. <laughs> well, that's it for this episode. Yeah. Let's let's bring it down. Yep. Uh, so, as always, thank you for listening. Uh, don't forget to check us out on Facebook. We have a group called Dissecting This Fiction Podcast. You can interact with us all week long. Don't forget to rate us, review us, or subscribe on your favorite podcast service. We would appreciate any reviews or direct feedback to learn how we're doing. Send us an email at dtfpod at gmail.com. You can send your suggestions or feedback or content requests um, to that email. We would love to hear from you. You can also find us on dtfcast.com or follow Stephen on social media. At ClassyCatDad on Instagram and Twitter. That's it for episode 44 of Dissecting This Fiction. Bye-bye.